Hello, beautiful people. (laughs) Oh, God. Welcome (laughs) back. It is so good to be here. Episode two. So, lovely people, you have stuck around with us for one episode. Now, we are going to get into some super uh, educational, nitty-gritty things, but it's still going to be fun. (laughs) Yes, we make it fun. So, sex education has been around in the U.S., since about 1913, uh, it was introduced through the Social Hygiene Association, people that wanted to teach soldiers about uh, the eradication of venereal diseases was the original idea of it back in 1913. And then they started to implement it into schools a little bit later on. And then that's when they went into teaching students about um, venereal disease, diseases and STDs, um, promoting morality in the bedroom And also uh, another focus, they were trying to desexualize society because society was starting to kind of get a little bit more experimental and crazy. My thing is, why care about other people having sex? I I personally don't actually (laughs) fuck about what a lot of other people do unless they're doing it to harm me or people I love, which sex usually... As a political leader, why do I need to... (laughs) (laughs) Steps back for a second. And last but not least, uh, this... Charles W. Hall, actually, this was his thing. He wanted to save the ideal of the traditional family. Mom, dad, probably four kids. Oh, the, the nuclear family. The, yeah, the nuclear family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what he was trying to do. That's what they, as the Social Hygiene Association, was trying to do. Charles W. Hall was actually the um, president of that association. Oh, I see. Yeah, very um, conservative, interesting man. Very You're- smart, though. He was mm-hmm. actually very smart. It's just his... Um, Priorities were very out of whack. One of the things he actually said, quote, he believed that sex education should be high-minded and free of suggestions which might invite youth to experiment in sexual vice. Mm. High-minded, sure. We do want it to be, you know, classy. We don't want just watching porn in our classrooms. (laughs) That's not education. But the idea of taking out suggestions that might invite youth to have sex, I think that's, honestly, that's a lot of people's fear nowadays. With sex education? With children, that's always the fear. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want your kids having sex too young. You don't want them to be reckless. Like, obviously, you want the best for children. You know what's crazy, too, is... So, nowadays, I guess we have mm, a little bit better sex education. Obviously, they did than they did back in 1913. But Mm -hmm. those classes that they had, their sex education classes, consisted of uh, teaching students about dieting, exercising, and abstaining from drug use and alcohol. This is literally, like, dare. Um, (laughs) and, uh, they also advise their students, oh my God, I'm going to die from eating hot and spicy food because that would lead to losing self-control, thus leading to sexual perversions. Spicy noodles. (laughs) No hot sauce. Like. That's why food is so bland in this country. Oh my gosh. (laughs) White people ruin everything. No, but for real, that's so. Isn't that so that's interesting so that they are? I mean, yes, I understand teaching um, students about dieting, exercising, use drugs and alcohol. That is all very important, and it does actually go into sex education. The thing is, is there was no sex education. It was all about well-being and staying away from sex and just keeping yourself away mm. from the actual perversions of sex instead of teaching the students just what it is. how it works what a boner is what it's like to get wet i mean that to know that in seventh 
fifth grade, just to at least know what a boner is, how it works, to know what's happening when you get wet, you don't think you're, I don't know, like, I'm not a woman. Would you do? Would you feel like you're peeing on yourself or something if you get wet for the first time? And you don't know it, um, or is it not like that? Is it not as? Well, here's the thing: for women and for men, when you get wet, there's varying degrees. Just like when you get hard, right? Like yeah. it's not just like like a raging. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like you're you're halfway soft. Sometimes like you have a good boner. You know, sometimes it goes away. Uh-huh. Same thing with being wet as a woman. Like our vaginas are self cleansing, so mm. we um are already like. Lubricating, always, always, always lubricating, always. The vagina is never dry, and if it is, you have a medical condition. You should talk to your doctor. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> little tip, but that's that's the premise. It's already a little wet because it's always self cleaning, and then when you are wet from sex and you're aroused, it it does. You know, it's just like a boner. It intensifies. So there's uh-huh. a little more, and you know, it goes outside the canal, the vaginal canal, and it's you know around the labia, it's around okay. your lips, around the clit. So. That's how women can distinct when they're wet and when they're not. And I know this to be true because one time a guy in high school was fingering this one girl I did not particularly care for. Oh, <laughs> and, but we learned from her. <laughs> and um, he was fingering her and she was not wet. She was not turned on because she had a crush on this other guy. Oh, right. Wow. And she was right. really like. And she was trying. She was trying to get over this other dude with this guy, and he was fingering in the back of this car. And he said, and it got around because you know people talk in high school. He was like, "Oh, are you wet?" She was not, but he would have known. If all of them, every party involved would have known if they known about the female body. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, I think I should know how the female body works because being a man that doesn't even have sex with women all the time. It's just, we are not set up to even know how each other's bodies work. Correct. So no, no matter whether or not I'm having sex with you or not, I should still know how you function and experience this world. And I should not yeah, think that when you get wet, it's a fucking geyser of water everywhere. That's mm-hmm. obviously squirting. Like, we, we yep. know this, but that's because I dive deep into these things and I mm-hmm. figure that out. There are men well into their 20s, 30s, 50s. Six, they're on their deathbeds and they don't, they have never known this. Yeah. They well, never know how the a woman, how a woman's body works. They just know penis and vagina. And that's it. P N V. I the, I love heterosexual men. They're so driven by their penises. <laughs> <laughs> it's just proven so much every time. So anyways, back to what we were talking about, this Charles W. Hall thing. Through... The program he instilled through the Social Hygiene Association, boys were taught to repress their sexuality, while girls were taught to be wary and careful of boys, which mm-hmm. can still be pretty prevalent in mm-hmm. today's culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it was um, very prevalent too in the in the um in just their social settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how at dances they the girls are on one side, the boys are on one side, and they're like, oh, who's going to do it first? Well, actually, in schools, I was when I was doing a research and reading this article. They would talk about how boys and girls would split in the hallways when they would get near each other so that they wouldn't be in close contact because they didn't know how STDs spread. So they actually did think that just being in close quarters with someone of the opposite sex, would you would be susceptible to getting HIV, AIDS, uh, gonorrhea, chlamydia, all of these things. Uh, this is This is the beginning of the sex education in schools. Mm. So they, they knew of... Venereal diseases, STIs, all of those things, but they didn't actually know how they were transmitted or or how mm. you... And so 
<laughs> That's so sad that but we were- But somehow tr- they deduced that it was through sex, which is not the same as walking down a hall. Right, right, yeah. It's just, it, that, it, it's just a perfect example of what happens when we are left to our own resources without mm-hmm. proper guidance to figure it out. We will not connect sex with walking down the hallway as spreading venereal diseases because we won't know how you contract them. Well, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we have a little bit more comprehensive sex education. But yeah, it, 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 back in 1963, uh, this man, his name was Russell Babcock. He actually had an article that came out. It was called uh, A Seventh Grade Course in Sex Education. Long story short, they started off out talking about um, plants and then they gradually went into mammal reproductive processes Mm -hmm. and then finally ended up with the human reproductive process. And then immediately it was followed by a discussion on venereal disease and the dangers of prostitution. And that was it. That was pretty much the set. And that was sex education also as a whole, because there was no continued sex education. So seventh grade hit it hard. You learn about plants, mammals, humans, venereal diseases prostitution <laughs> what, what eighth grade kids <laughs> if that's all that's just, i'm speechless yeah it's plants here's my thing so it's just all about reproductive right so it's saying there's no there's no room for pleasure no no um emotional well-being no um, none of that it's just you have sex to, to reproduce. reproduce you are a baby making machine men and women same plane. That was sex education to them. It was very, because in the Victorian era, that was all they were doing. They were only having reproductive sex. Mm. So Charles was scared that people were going to have pleasurable sex. Mm. <laughs> and Why so he implemented in schools teaching kids about, and I think it's crazy he called it the Social Hygiene Association, because it makes me think immediately sex is dirty. Because I want to clean myself, oh. right? Social hygiene. I feel unhygienic when I'm doing these things, when I'm eating spicy foods, (laughs) when I'm not dieting and exercising, when I'm having anal sex. Like, I feel that I don't feel dirty now, but back then... (laughs) That's how they were trying to associate it with. Yes. Wow. It's insane. It really is. So... And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back to my seventh grade year. It was just a lot of puberty, but like Uh, wrong puberty. It It was just like, you have a vagina, you will get a period. Any questions? Don't have questions. Moving forward, <laughs> can we just get back to volleyball? Like, I'm tired of having oh, this discussion no. with you guys. Well, and yeah, then, because like, you didn't want to teach that. No, it was a girl. Oh, she? Yeah. Oh, my. Seventh grade. Oh, upset. Continue. Okay, so it, it was, and then if you had questions, no. Talk to me later privately. <laughs> There's no, like, safe space for open discussion. That's so, so sad. Not only would she get asked the same question multiple times privately, she probably like misinformed a lot of us. And mm-hmm. what about the girls who didn't even feel comfortable doing it privately? Exactly. They didn't get and they, that. And then they had to. This is why we're doing our podcast, guys, because they then just, they <laughs> don't have good sex because you can't ask questions. And then when something doesn't feel right, when you're in bed, even touching yourself, you don't know how, how to how navigate or communicate that yeah. discomfort. And they, it's funny because they have little goodie bags with like a little pamphlet. So they literally just threw deodorant at us and said figure it out oh my god this is awesome i love this whole we don't know what the fuck we're doing approach to sex education (laughs) because it is prevalent (laughs) 
It was a now, fucking goodie bag. Are you kidding me? Was there even a condom in there? Like, no, Jesus. No, no. And then eighth grade year, considering that was our seventh grade education, um, one girl got fingered and it was like the talk of the town. We were like, she's going to get pregnant. She's a whore. Her no cherries gonna, popped. Like, yes. Like she's not a virgin anymore. She's not going to be able to get married. The girl wow. was fine. Yeah, of course she was. Actually, she was great. She was getting fingered in eighth grade. Mm, well, how great. She was by a straight well, man. Well, yeah. No, by a straight man. I mean, how uh, actually she would have been better off if she learned how to masturbate mindfully. Mm, mm. That's what we actually wish for this young eighth grade girl. Yeah, I don't think you have pleasurable sex in the middle of the mall under your jacket. Oh. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. And if you do or have, please send me photos, videos, your email. Both. I need pictures of both faces. I'm, okay, look. Because there's a, there's a look that has to go into being able to have pleasurable sex under a coat in the mall. You have to look a certain way. We could, for sure. Right now, with the, with the information we have, yeah. it's possible. <laughs> As a mindless eighth grader who has no concept of anything sexual, I just don't think pleasure would have been derived. <laughs> R.I.P. to that girl's introduction to sex. Uh, so back to the actual issue here Mm -hmm. uh our current sex education here because that was the basis for it but after you know pause due to some wars and yeah the the great depression yes the aids epidemic how do you feel like that has shaped the sex education we have now well it it's it it came completely from fear from once aids and hiv made a, a way into the bedrooms of not only gay men, but everyone in yes. this country and across the globe, it shocked people and, and, and they became scared to have sex, which is then where we have our abstinence only approach to sex. Mm-hmm. That is essentially where we are now. Um, back in 1981, Congress passed the Adolescence Family Life Act, also known as the Chastity Law, just to, just to make you feel uncomfortable about it. Super loaded. Absolutely. And it was funded to promote self-discipline and other prudent approaches to adolescent sex or chastity education, if you would. Uh, And that's the federally funded sex education that we had after 1981. When we introduced that in 1981, there was a lot of religious um, undertone to that. So Mm -hmm. And influence. Absolutely. So there was a lot of religion taught in sex education. If it was taught, uh, there was this terrible, (laughs) terrible thing that they used to say, take Christ on a date as a chaperone. Re-evaluated. 12 years later. They reevaluated and said, yeah. you know, separation of church and state, but it was already too late considering right. there was like set regulations and guidelines mm-hmm. for programs. So even, though, even though they took the religion out of it, it's already been a law it's that- It's funded by religion. You can't, exactly. I mean, it's, we're not getting into this, but it's kind of like not being able to reform our police system. I mean, it's funded by horrible corporations and people that are not looking out for minorities. Sex education was funded by religious Victorian era people that did not want sex in schools. And so even if we did change the laws, they were there already. They were, Mm -hmm. their kids were there already. Their money was there already. The influence was there. And so from 1980, we have been still battling that. And so it's not been reformed. And now we're in 2021. Yeah. And we're still trying to come to reform. And can we just get into the statistics about... Oh, yes. Let's rattle off some, some facts for y'all before we take a break, because this is this is going to make me need some tea. Yeah, so let's rattle these facts off before our break, because this... Ugh. This shows you how much reform is needed, but hasn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. 28 states and D.C. mandate both sex education and HIV education. 
meaning there's only 28 states that require this to be taught in the programs. Not because not you can have other. one or the other, but only 28 states require you to have both. both. So scary. <laughs> and 30 states and D.C. mandate that when provided, sex and HIV education programs meet certain general requirements, like the ones we had previously mentioned. Yes, like the scary one that you had mentioned earlier about teaching monogamy and only having healthy sex in relationships and marriage, which. Oh, I didn't I didn't mention that, but it was something that was in our notes mm-hmm. that the, one of the guidelines for instilling and funding a sex education program is the fact that you have to teach that only monogamous married sex is like, you know, is the appropriate way, way appropriate which is, approach. which, which actually kind of goes into one of the other uh, stat- statistics we have. 19 states actually require instruction on the importance of engaging in sexual activity only within marriage. And it doesn't help that six states require only negative information to be provided on homosexuality. And only a positive emphasis on heterosexuality. Well, I mean, there is only 18 states require programs to, co- to content. Uh, wow. 18 states require programs to actually re- teach medically accurate sex education. So if you're telling me that only 18 states are teaching medically accurate education, there's no way it's comprehensive. Oh, no. And if it's only 19, the rest of the states are not. They could just be anything. Yeah, you whatever could, they you want. You could tell children that. Growing a fifth finger is what happens after sex. And there's no regulation that tells you you can't. <laughs> That's so sad. And you can use that to fear them and to keep staying abstinent. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst statistic out of all of them is only nine states require the importance of consent to sexual activity be covered. So in the rest of the states, consent is not covered. It's not covered at all. And it's not required to be covered. Even So they can. Of course, other states could if they wanted to. But it is not required by law that they teach consent in their sex education. And I mean, that's we'll get into this in our next episode. That's the first class in sex education in other countries that are doing this the right way. And they're not talking about sex consent. They're talking about consent into person. Yeah. Just your body and being able to create boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that. And this is actually something that resonated with me because for the longest time, I don't know how it was instilled in me and. It's not actually hard. Right. Looking at these facts, I kind of can see how it was instilled in you, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought that when you got married, like consent was like out the window. Like you consented to have sex with this person forever. So anytime they want to have sex, you want to have sex. You, It's mandatory. So I don't know. Someone, someone sat me down and said, no, like consent is moment by moment. Consent Mm -hmm. is an encounter by encounter. And if your husband doesn't respect that, your husband rapes you, Mm -hmm. you can totally file for divorce, you know. And that kind of opened my eyes to what consent really is and means. And considering that we're pushing marriage and we're not pushing consent, so many other women are under the same implication I was. Yeah. And that's not not the fault of their own. Yeah. And and, in talking about teaching morality and and being ethical in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. how can you do that when you're not giving people the tools to make the decisions to make moral and ethical ethical decisions? decisions? But sex is as I said before, our birthright. It is something that we should all be enjoying and having pleasurable sex. And that is not what is taught in America at all. We do not teach pleasure. We do not teach consent. We do not teach health and well-being. We teach abstinence and we teach fear and negativity. And that's why it's so important that we start changing that narrative and having this discussion because in classrooms, we won't be able to. For now, we're working on it. 
But for now, we still have a lot of states that need to get with it. And that's the issue. We need something that's overall for the entire country with our sex education program, because then we'll all be getting the same information, hopefully good, (laughs) because who knows who'll be funding it. At at the end of the day, it'll be beneficial to all. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. We just want it to benefit you because it affects everything in your life. Mm -hmm. Sex is, you know, pretty integrated into what it is means to be human. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you know, approaching it in a healthy, uh, loving way, you're hurting yourselves and Mm -hmm. hurting others. Mm -hmm. Amen. So with that, I'm really sweaty and <laughs> worked up. So we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So while we are here, yes, can we please give some shout outs to our socials? We need y'all likes, follows. Of course. So our socials are the.sampdcst. That's the Sam podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Hopefully you can follow and we can start building this communication and having honest discussions. Yeah, seriously. So please hit that like button, hit that follow button, share, subscribe, tell your friends, listen to it in the shower. (laughs) Text your mom. Don't text your mom. (laughs) All right. Back from the busy break. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Wait, are we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) We are back. And I just wanted to share my story on my sex education in high school and this is just it hits close to home as to why it's why abstinence only sex education is very very harmful um my sex education teacher was my epe teacher as it is because when yeah back um, in with charles w hall that was one of his brilliant ideas to segregate boys and girls during during pe to teach them about sex but nowadays we don't actually separate gender and sex, I don't, I don't think we did. You didn't in school, right? You didn't separate for PE, did you? We did not. Yeah. But in high school, it was... All together? All together. We yeah. were in this auditorium. It was a special auditorium for like driver's ed and sex ed. And our teacher was so hum-ho and oh, like passionate about sex education, abstinence-only sex education. And he got on this tangent about how this girl had written this beautiful abstinence-only paper the next fall she had been pregnant and he was like so disappointed in her <laughs> and he always gave me creepy vibes and he would always like touch the women like, inappropriately like you know hand on the shoulder hand on the shoulder hand on the lower back for no reason uh, things that weren't sexual but it was you know still definitely taking advantage yes i had graduated that was my freshman year and i felt uncomfortable around him but he was my pe teacher i did the semester i moved on graduated high school i was like in my first semester of college and my brother calls me because you know he's in the same high school and he's like do you remember so and so like that PE teacher and I was like yeah like, what happened and he's like well they caught him with a student having intercourse oh yeah the damn. same man who preached in mm, whole chest saying, so mad that that girl got pregnant and he's yeah. literally piping bitches down sorry that was vulgar <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she was 18 or not because, you know, she was a senior. And it would, mm-hmm. But he knew her as a minor. Let's and he knew her there. also as a student. Yes. A student-teacher relationship is always going to make me uncomfortable. But the thing that, like, I hate the most considering, it, you know, grow, growing up in the South and he's a white man, he wasn't fired. He was allowed to retire early. <laughs> That's so cush. Like, literally, how could you not want? Like, That's perfect. What a perfect outline for him. He gets to assault I, women his whole life and then retires early. 
But that's not that's not the cherry on top. The cherry on top is the fact that he was a very prominent, influential member of the community. And when he got arrested and these things happened to him, guys on the football team, they were sad and they were griping over it. They uh. were like blaming her. And they were pining for him. They wanted him back. They wanted their coach back. They That's so and they're putting all backwards. the yes, all the blame on the on the girl, this girl that was their classmate. Yes, that they should have been on her side and been like, he's a predator. He put her in danger. Yeah, no, he took advantage of his position. In exactly. Her life. No, it was we want him back. We're not going to win a game without him. It was all of this and no sympathy for for the girl that. I had been assaulted. Yeah. That's, that's what she was. She was assaulted. Yes, absolutely. That's sickening. And you know what? And that happens so much in small towns too. Yeah. Because it is, it's such a close knit community and, and people don't realize that assaulters and abusers are all around us. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are a hundred percent to blame, right? They are, they are very, they know exactly what they're doing. Yes. That man, that teacher. But when we are not educating students properly, we become assaulters and abusers subconsciously because we don't know how to ask consent boundaries. And I'm not, this is not excusing that teacher at all. He knows he was teaching that. But then these students that are looking up to these people, they don't understand that that person is an abuser. No matter what you think of them, yes, they can be this, this, and this, but they are also an abuser of sex Mm -hmm. and they need to be held accountable to that yeah but people in those positions of power they usually are not white men absolutely not especially in the south (sighs) even more so so that's really sad and unfortunate i it's so sad i feel as if i (laughs) you have these horrible (laughs) yeah these horrible experiences with sex education and and i okay so in my school we had two people that um taught pe which means we had two people that taught sex education yeah one was um female one was male and uh, i luckily got the female teacher because she was very awkward and still didn't teach us she taught the curriculum you know it wasn't her fault she taught what she needed to but it was not anywhere near beneficial the male teacher was particularly rude Mm. and graphic and vulgar Mm. and uh he tried to embarrass students and he would teach the curriculum, but would also chime in. He would say, um, women are going to start growing hair on their vaginas. So they're going to have to start shaving that pretty soon. Like those kind of backhanded. Oh my God. Like, yeah, we're teaching about puberty, but also we're undermining women's ability to not shave their fucking vaginas if they don't want to. Like we don't have to. So why would those things? And so I, I didn't have him. And I was very lucky and very, very fortunate lucky. because he was also the worst PE teacher. He was rude oh and made He's kids run so many laps and blah, 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 blah. And the football team loved him. <sighs> kids thought he was so hilarious. Uh, he ended up getting fired, not for sexual assault, but just for being an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> love it. Uh-huh. But yes, it was. I was so fortunate because our teacher answered questions. Mm. She had a little... Uh, anonymous box that you could ask questions and she would answer them and and yes it made you feel uncomfortable as she would ask your question in class but she also openly talked about it and then moved on and my lord did we spend so much time learning how to put a condom on oh my god (laughs) bananas cucumbers i mean she was like you guys are gonna learn how to use Condoms. At least it wasn't all abstinence, right? Yeah. (laughs) At least I know that condoms work 99.9% of the time. But, (laughs) oh my lord. I could seriously know how to put a condom on with my mouth. And that was because I was bored one day in class. (laughs) 
little high school loves fitting a condom on a banana with his mouth. <laughs> that kid's gay. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me you're literally not on the spectrum. <laughs> on the spectrum. I can't. I love it. Wow. Um, so you know, we have our own. Thankfully, again, you have you've had some not great introductions to sex. I have had some pretty great, unfortunate introductions to sex. In comparison, I'm I'm trying to do better. (laughs) We all are. We're working on it, B. Like ever since I was like a little little girl, like me and sex have just been like fighting against each other, and it's like they're it's winning. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm trying to come up on top, and hopefully, this podcast helps in some way it'll be know? a healing process for you exactly. as well our, yeah. our listeners will get to learn with us and grow with us but also it will help it's gonna help us i've had such really great sex after we started this podcast i don't know if that was on purpose <laughs> or not but I'm loving but it. i love the balance of it because it shows the, the full spectrum and it's just like i've said this whole time and um my mission for it personally with the podcast and we both have a universal mission uh, mm-hmm. for sam's but we also have our own personal and for me it's the victims of sexual assault you know like mm-hmm. i want them not to use this podcast to heal and i don't want that for myself either right but more please so, get a therapist i always say get a therapist yes therapy is wonderful but also just gonna give voice to those who think they don't have one mm-hmm. and let them know like you know i've been through some terrible things but i came out on top mm-hmm. the other, i'm on the other side of it and there's a community there's a community, community for I you i really want to establish a community for them it's it, and you know your personal statement kind of it goes into what we're going to wrap up today talking about because the lack of proper sex education, truthfully, women, young girls, and minorities suffer the most from that. Mm-hmm. Um, without having a place for fact-based, judgment-free healthcare or education, we're forced to teach ourselves about sex and consent and mm-hmm. boundaries and and all the other like important emotional, physiological, psychological changes that occur when you have sex. And so if we are left to our own resources and assumptions about sex, we will never be able to make safe and mindful sex a priority. Yeah. We're going to continue to repeat the cycle of having harmful sex in this country. And and we'll talk about it in the next episode, but also across this globe where we have, we as humans really need to get this conversation about sex underway because I am sweating my whole life away right now but it is not because we're talking about sex it is because i'm doing something that i'm passionate about and i'm heated about the topic and i am literally heated yes seriously and so that that's my my heart is just making this discussion about sex easier to have between everyone between all walks of life all sexual identities between parents and children and teachers and every person that has sex which is mostly everyone yeah uh, there are some of us out there that are asexual and we do not like to participate in sex. That's cool. We love that too, actually. But we need to make sure that this conversation is being brought to us from a very healthy and comprehensive place. So I hope you get that. I hope you understand and feel that, lovely listeners out there. I hope to see lots of listens and follows and likes and shares and all the things because we are obsessed with you as our listeners. So we hope you're obsessed with us as your, not educators, like your, your host. Yeah, your host. Your um, lovely host for the evenings. Journey of <laughs> sex education. So drop that link, obviously, for yes. our IG. So follow us on our community. You know, I really want to build a community. So follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's the.samPDCST, the Sam podcast.
Until next time, yeah, my friends. That, that wraps it up. And we will see you. Episode three. Oh, oh, deuces. <laughs> <laughs>